Do you ever feel like you're always running from place to place? Life in the 21st century, it can be overwhelming, right? You know, I recently started playing this video game where the characters themselves get overwhelmed a lot. I mean, it's not Minecraft or GTA or League of Legends. I'm not that cool, okay? This is a game called The Sims. Have you ever heard of this game? It's basically, okay, it's basically like playing God, which come to find out, at least in video games, I'm kind of good at because you literally can make them do anything. You're responsible for what they wear, uh, where they work, what they eat, who they love, where they live, and sometimes whether they live or die. So much power. <laughs> What's interesting about The Sims is that they model something that happens in my own life and maybe in yours too. You see, the sins that I create have a lot of opportunities to do things, lots of choices. And sometimes they become so overwhelmed by those choices that they don't do anything at all. In fact, they just sort of stand there in one place, no longer taking in the commands that I'm feeding them, no longer paying attention, just standing there. They become unsure of what to do next. And so they don't do anything at all. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Anxiety, depression, and fear can often lead us to indecision. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, physicians reported a 25% increase in the prevalence of anxiety and depression worldwide. Over 40% of the population experiences anxiety annually. And this doesn't just affect adults. More American teenagers than ever are suffering from severe anxiety. The number of teens who feel overwhelmed by all the work they have to do was at 18% in 1985. Today, that number is at 45%. Teens feel overwhelmed not only by their commitments to school or work, but by the constant pressure to perform, to engage with a world that seems to be breaking at the seams, and in some respects, they're being asked to fix it. Teens are often asked to put on adulthood before they've ever had a chance to be a kid. Teens and adults are increasingly stressed and worried, and we're finding it difficult to handle the ins and outs of our daily lives. What we need is a new way of looking at the world and of approaching our own lives, a way of letting God be part of the conversation again. You know, as Christians, we know that God will take care of us, but we don't let that stop us from worrying about tomorrow and what might lie in store for us. And what we are finding, actually, is that people are turning within themselves and turning away from other people. 
We are engaging with one another less and less. And yet I think the solution to our struggle starts when we begin to recognize that we are not alone. And that we do not have to go through our suffering or our challenges by ourselves. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? We are dependent upon those around us, both human and non-human, for our survival. If we go without water for three days or without food for more than three weeks, our organs and systems shut down and we die. And we can't guarantee on our own that we will have a constant supply of water or a consistent source of food. And in order to live, therefore, we are radically dependent on others, many of whom we don't even know. And so we are vulnerable to one another. And I actually find it interesting that God could have created us with everything we need to survive on our own, right? We could have had the ability to create our own food, to bring forth our own children, to exist completely independently from each other. But from the very beginning of our lives, we are in interdependent, interconnected with one another and with all of creation. But we're often conditioned to believe the opposite, right? Conditioned to believe that something is missing, something is lacking, that we are the problem, that we have to figure it all out on our own. And so we become overwhelmed. We're not sure what to do with it ourselves. It's like that little sim that just stands there, unsure of what to do next. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. This past week we celebrated Earth Day, and it's a good time to remind ourselves of that connection that we have to one another. You see, if we are to flourish or even survive, we must stay connected to one another and to our planet. We must receive what we need from others, and we must share what we have with them. Because the fact is, if we don't share, we'll die. Not just physically, but spiritually, too. We can learn a lot from the birds. The theologian Thomas Long says about today's scripture reading, when Jesus asks us to look at the birds of the air and to consider the lilies of the field, he's not asking us to imitate sparrows and flowers. He's asking us to peer deeply into that alternative reality called the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, this is a place of abundance, a place where everyone has what they need to survive and to thrive. Now, just for a moment, think about our world as it is now. Is it an abundant world? Is it a world where everyone has what they need? Of course not. And many people blame God for this, right? But I think it's important to ask ourselves questions about the kind of world we are living in. Is it God's vision for the world? Or is it a world ruled by powers that we are frankly powerless to control? Powers of so much wealth and political clout that our world system uh, as it is keeps the poor poor and keeps the rich rich or even richer. Today's scripture is about paying attention and making a decision about where we will place our trust. Not in the empire or the government who really gives us quite little, but in the one who gives to all exactly what they need. Abundant life. What Jesus is inviting us to consider is the world as it could be, not the world as it is. But seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. What if we lived in that world? What if we lived not in a world where we've been forced to go it all alone or in a world where we must accept the status quo, but in a world of divine abundance, a world in which God gives us what we need over and over again? You know, we might discover that we prefer God's world, and we might do what we can to stand up to those people and policies and powers that hoard wealth, hoard resources, hoard the people and the animals and the environment that God has created and that God called very good. I think it starts with taking that first step to admit that we need to change. The way that we view our world needs to change. In the afterword to the book that I read this morning, the author Wangari Matai talks about seven trees that they planted over 30 years ago in Kenya. Since they have worked with thousands of others who have planted more than 30 million trees around the world, since then, Wangari says that many years ago they learned the practice of simply doing what they could, where they were, with what they had, and that has made a difference. Sometimes when my little simulated person is standing there on my computer screen, unable to move because they're paralyzed by indecision or uncertainty, I, I have them chat with a friend or a neighbor. So, you know, it so kind of cleans out the system a little bit. It gets them ready for whatever I'm going to ask them to do next. And sometimes I feel like that's what we need. We need that connection with one another. We need to work together. Sometimes we are hesitant to do nothing, 
And if you notice that within yourself, it's a good idea to reach out, to let someone know uh, what's going on in your mind or in your heart. Connect. Interact. It's what we need for a better world. It's what we need for a better life. It's the kind of world and the kind of life that God wants for us and for those birds and for those lilies of the field. Each of us has the ability to make this world a better place. It just means taking that first step, trusting we can do better because we will do better for ourselves and for our future. Let's pray. Oh God, help us to see the beauty of your creation, the abundant life you have given to us and to every living thing. May we do what we can to keep your creation safe and sacred, happy and healthy every day of our lives. Amen.